the way I think AI and uh, sports combined and uh, you know provide the the type of entertainment and value to to various players and and by players I mean all the stakeholders uh, in the sports world, be it rights holders, be it the teams, the coaches, the players, and then the fans who are looking at the games are I think. AI is going to change the way sports are viewed, understood, and played. You're listening to Sports Tech Feed, the global sports technology podcast. Hello and welcome to Sports Tech Feed. I'm your host, Thomas Loams. Great to have you joining us once again. And on this week's episode, we have Dr. Helen Sun from Stats Perform. Helen is the Chief Technology Officer, uh, recently joining Stats before the merger with Stats Perform. Uh, to create the largest data provider in the world for sports data and analytics. Previously, Helen was at JP Morgan and has served in a range of technology and big data roles throughout her career. Now, I'm sure most of you know about Stats Perform. If you are working in the data space or more generally in sports, uh, you've probably encountered them even if you don't, providing, as I said, most of the data for professional sports around the world. So, as a fan um, or maybe as a coach, you've, you've definitely come across them in some way or another. So today's chat's really interesting, centers a lot on artificial intelligence. Uh, as you heard from the quote in the beginning, AI uh, is really a game changer uh, across a range of industries and sports is no different. Now, if you're anything like me, and I mentioned it in the interview, you kind of get battered over the head with the term AI. People just seem to throw it into a presentation in lieu of of explaining what they actually do. So this is a really, really interesting discussion from Helen where she actually breaks it down to its fundamentals. And I can't think of anyone more perfect to to do that and, and give that description and then actually talk about how it applies to sports. So in addition to that, we talk about the applications for that, that data, that analytics uh, in drafting players, uh, improving fan engagement, all sorts of different applications. Towards the end, we also discuss uh, the time machine of sports data, so how Stats Perform is applying computer vision to archive game footage. So now you can really settle that question of who's better between LeBron and Jordan. My pick's definitely LeBron. If you disagree about that and you think it's MJ or you just want to say hi, then contact me on sportstechfeed.com. Also, while you're there, more show notes and more episodes. Now here is Dr. Helen Sun. Dr. Helen Sun, welcome to Sports Tech Feed. Thanks for joining us all the way from London, uh, day after the Super Bowl. So imagine a big weekend of sport, but, but great to have you on the call. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, let's fire straight into it. Stats Perform, what is, is the role of Stats Perform? I think a lot of people will be familiar with it as a data company broadly, but what's the role of Stats Perform within the sports technology and the sports community? Yes, of course. Um, so Stats Perform is world's leading, one of the leading sports data analytics company. Um, and Stats uh, was established about 40 years ago based in Chicago, started the data collection and distribution for sports um, that was uh, started with uh, MLB and then certainly focused a lot on the other U.S. sports. And about half a year ago, uh, Stats merged with another leading uh, sports data company uh, called Perform. Now we are officially Stats Perform. Combined together, we have the greatest coverage of sports data um, globally, including football, including um, U.S. sports, including 
rugby, including cricket. Um, we have the breadth and depth of data um, that both company now able to provide to various market segments and team performance and fan engagement, as well as sports betting. And so what does that look like in terms of, of being a data provider, collector, and then analysis? Take, uh, say, baseball, a very uh, statistically heavy sport. What does it look like in terms of stats role? Yeah, so we cover widely. Um, MLB um, obviously started 40 years ago, but we also have data back all the way into um, 1900s. So 1887, I believe, was the earliest stats we have around uh, baseball data. Um, so through that collection of that information, we're able to provide um, analytics and insights for major broadcasters and for um, media space um, for for baseball, in addition uh, to other sports, other U.S. sports, and now that uh, you know U.S. market has opened up for sports betting. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, I mean, that's going to be obviously something that we talk about a bit more in depth. Sports betting, obviously huge. We, we did have an episode um, a few weeks ago about sports betting, what that means with PASPA, the overturning of that, uh, and touched a little bit on the role of, of verified data for that. Uh, but kind of before we dive into that very exciting, very large area, um, how did you become involved in stats? And, and what's your kind of current role as CTO? Yeah, of course. So um, I am currently the CTO of Stats Perform. Um, I'm responsible for a number of areas, artificial intelligence, um, global engineering. Um, we'll, we'll go into that a little bit about our engineering footprint, uh, which is very important um, in enable and empower AI to be uh, successful, um, to take solutions to market quickly. Uh, in addition to AI and uh, engineering, I also am responsible for innovation, um, product design, um, as well as uh, information systems and services. Um, so I started STATS and back in the days before STATS merged with a Perform um, about 18, 19 months ago, almost two years. Um, and uh, I was back then the CTO of JP Morgan Chase Commercial Banking um, and uh, got a call uh, from our CEO, Carl Morgel, uh, about the CTO position at uh, Stats. Back in the days, um, I wasn't as interested in sports um, and only watched Super Bowl um, five times total and mostly for halftime shows and commercials. Um, but uh, I mean, they're, they're good halftime shows and they're good commercials. So for sure. This anyone year would begrudge you that, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And this year, it, it didn't uh, didn't uh, disappoint either, right? Um, yeah, so um, when I first got, got that call, I was not as convinced uh, in, in joining. But once I, I saw the, the level, uh, the depth of data, the breadth of coverage, and also everything on the AI, AI team had been working on the past you know, two to three years, and I was blown away by the opportunity. And also what really excited me uh, was the opportunity of transforming a data and analytics company into an AI-powered software as a business. It, it's not an easy feat. Um, it has a lot of challenges, but you know that's what I'm excited about, so what I was excited about. And, uh, and that's how I came about to join Stats and now Stats Perform. 
Okay, well, that's that's something that the good kind of leaping off point into artificial intelligence AI, and as you said, shifting from stats perform from being a data company to being an AI software as a service. So obviously, as a data company, your example of uh, the baseball stats going back to eighteen whatever it was that that's very clear in, in terms of gathering data. People will be familiar with that. It's on it's very you know accessible, computer driven. Before it was in a book, basically, you would have, you know, say points per game in basketball, whatever, each sport's got its own things. What do you mean when you say AI? And I want to really go basic on here because uh, if you're like me, you have an understanding of it, but you also probably get hit over the head with the term AI. Uh, if, I can, if I can use that term in presentations, mm-hmm. I'm certainly a favourite one of a lot of startups mm-hmm. and they say, what's your secret source and say, we've got AI. So what are you actually kind of talking about that AI purely and then applications to sports? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's a fantastic question. So uh, I've been in uh, the big data analytics, um, machine learning, artificial space, intelligence space for as as back as uh, my Oracle days. And I was the co-author of the Oracle Big Data um, handbook um, in order to, to get value out of big data it's all about the machine learning use cases right predictions classifications clustering customer retention so on and so forth so I mean there's there's a difference between machine learning and artificial intelligence and robotics you know a lot of company also um, have moved into robotics uh, be a software based robotics be it actual um you know human like human humanoids like robotics right so i think the difference between machine learning and uh, um robotics especially is that uh, most of the software and robotics behind that is really mimic human um behavior it's it's the set of rules you program um even with you know earlier stages of machine learning it's that uh, one set of inputs, one layer, and make a, a judgment call, the prediction. Whereas artificial intelligence is more mimic human judgment. So when you look at a crumbled uh, newspaper in the middle of the road, you wouldn't know if you wanted to drive around it or drive past it. Not very easily done uh, if you are you know, programming robotics to do that. Whereas um, artificial intelligence, when you're as a human, when you look at it, you know what you want to do or what you or what you should be doing, right? Instead of drive around it. So there is a difference uh, when it comes to artificial intelligence is that judgment aspect of it. It's a lot harder to do. It involves multiple senses. And as human beings, we, we have developed many different ways of making a judgment because we have different senses, uh, the vision, the hearing, um, and then also based on uh, years of experience, we, we develop this level of judgment and understanding. So artificial intelligence is, is no different than that. Um, in sports, to translate into sport, you know, we can also look at artificial intelligence based on the different stages of human cognitive functions. You know, that includes sensing, which is computer vision for the most part in the sport world. Um, and that understanding uh, from the sensing piece, you, you see, uh, you touch, you gather on um, the information, and then you understand. Um, 
And then from the understanding piece, you, you make judgment calls and you make decisions and that's prediction, right? So from sensing to understanding to prediction. And then on top of that, uh, our ability to converse and translate data points into insights and story points. Um, so that's the end to end from sensing, understanding, um, predicting to conversing. And in the sport world, um, sensing is the computer vision, is the ability to generate data from broadcast video, from in-venue uh, video streams to um, generate that XY location of the players and XYZ location of the ball frame by frame through the broadcast video. And then couple that data from uh, with the event data, which is the time sequence uh, in terms of you know which player did what, performed what action um, in the pitch on the court, then you gain a deep level of understanding, right? So through understanding, then you're able to understand how the matches are being played and how the players has performed in that particular match or over the season. Um, so that you can make decisions around how to prevent injury um, and how to maximize the peak performance and make draft decisions. And then once you understand the players, you understand the, uh, the matches, you can, you can predict the outcome of the game. You can predict the performance of um, you know, a player based on the historic data, based on how they performed in the last games uh, and against the opponent team with the teammates they are you know with they're playing with and how many minutes they're likely to play for this game and you can predict how many points they're likely to 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 gain uh, through through this game so that's the prediction and on top of that the commentary is coming out of um the games that you know the coaches the commenta commentators the broadcasters and that's the natural language generation piece of the insights and com conversation ui and voice assistant so end to end ai has tons of application and tons of potential when it comes to sports um, for fans for for team performance as well as um, for um, the sports betting market yeah so i mean that's a thank you that's a fantastic uh, overview and and I want to unpack a few parts of that there. So artificial intelligence in the sense of AI, the ability to, as you said, um, sense, sorry, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to get this wrong, but sense, uh, Sensing. Yeah, yeah, you'll, you'll have to, you'll, you'll have to do some homework at the end. I'll have to, I'll have to, I'll, I'll have to read up, but so sensing gathering the input. So computer vision. So basically plugins for cameras, um, a lot of that used to be done uh, manually. There was someone mm -hmm. sitting there and still in some sports is someone sitting there with a microphone uh, recording saying, uh, you know, so-and-so kick to so-and-so at this point. Uh, and then that goes back, that's plugged into a, into a database. And then the, the time signature, as you said, um, is put in as technology moves forward, computer vision, computers can do that. They can track plays. They can track the ball. They can track where that is in space. They can do that. And then going to the next stage, okay, well, they can synthesize that information, they can make sense of it, uh, and then they can provide insights. And I guess that, that really exciting part of AI is that next step, whereas prediction and learning and then spitting something out at the end of it, which is consumable for humans. So in the sense of they can actually give you actionable insights that can be understood, can be processed, can be then put back into the system at the beginning so increasing performance yeah no that that that's exactly it. that's spot on 
Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm trying to I'm trying to stay away from sports betting because I don't want it all to be about sports betting because I really want to understand the underpinning of this. But it's probably the area that most people are excited about. I'd say in terms of applications because there are many applications, as you said. So I'm going to keep pushing sports betting for later in the interview. Uh, but for now, so where do you see where do you see the growth in in AI? I, I guess where does it come from in say your 19 months? Um, at stats perform and where do you think it's going for the next 18 months, two years, three years, four years? Yeah, absolutely. So when I started um, summer, I think of 2018, uh, we spent a lot of time unpacking uh, the market opportunities. We looked at um, many different POCs um, and, uh, you know, some of the um, earlier um, inventions around AI uh, in the sports space. And we looked at the market value um, and uh, the, the commercial opportunities and also the maturity of those um, POCs and, and innovation. And we decided on a, a set of products to invest in. One of them is called AutoStats. Um, and, uh, you know, AutoStats is the next iteration of the system sports tracking, sport, uh, tracking system, optical tracking system um, that, that many uh, leagues have adopted. Um, Stats actually um, pioneered um, this optical uh, tracking solution about 10 years ago um, through a system called SporeView, uh, which is um, multi-cameras, uh, um, multiple cameras in the pitch on the field um, that takes in uh, video streams and then convert it into XY uh, location of the player and the ball. Um, but you have to have a physical installation um, of um, those camera systems in venue, and you have to have uh, operators live to do calibration um, of those cameras. If it is not fixed, then it's portable, and then someone needs to be there and set it up um, and, and tune it and calibrate it based on you know, the size of the pitch, the location where the cameras are mounted, and lighting conditions. And then throughout um, the, the game, the operators need to make a you know, quick adjustment on the system uh, in terms of uh, player identification or areas when the computer vision might make a mistake when a players are uh, clustered together, um, the tracks got swapped. And then after that, there are certain corrections and QA that needs to go into the system. So needless to say, it's... Um, costly solution. It's important data um, that you, you gather and many teams and leagues um, rely heavily on those solutions, as I mentioned, to you know look at how the teams play and also how to manage um, the, the peak performance of the players and uh, you know for injury prevention as well. Um, but for lower leagues and for college teams, uh, it becomes cost prohibitive. So many of the teams um, do not have those solutions in place. And AutoStats is taking SporeView to the next step, meaning that we can actually gather the same XY location of the player in the ball through broadcast video. It doesn't require physical installation, doesn't require live uh, operator uh, to, to operate the system live in venue. Um, in the field, uh, when the game happens, doesn't require travel. So it doesn't. It doesn't need any specialist equipment. It's just basically broadcast camera, whatever setup they've got. You can feed that in and and train the the AI to to pick up the same data. Yes, exactly. So 
Um, and that provides incredible value uh, for, for the teams that, uh, you know, looking for college basketball player drafting. Today, when the NBA teams draft a college basketball player, they have anecdote information of the scouts, right? Watching how they play, they have um, the statistics, but very high level and number of assists, number of rebounds, number of points per game, uh, a number of three pointers and so on and so forth. But that's very shallow data. You don't have a level of detail. You don't have the information about when they take those three point shots, what is the pressure of the other members, um, the opponents around him, right? So not all three-pointers are equal. And some of the players, they might do really well in college space. They might not do well um, in, uh, in the pro space because the set of opponents are very different. So their performance is not that easy to, to, to understand. And that's the reason we believe that Autostats you know, has that tremendous, tremendous value in that space. You know, in addition to that, you know, we talked a lot about tracking data collection, right? So the event data today is mostly collected manual through the collection system. So operators sit behind um, the screens and looking at the broadcast feed coming in and to look at their collection software and start to click on the screen and then collect that data, right? So very manual and the set of data as deep as we provide from stats and perform the fans, the teams are start to ask um, their own definition of the semantics, right? For example, in basketball, they start to, to, to ask for information about how many pick and rolls you know, there are. There were no collection like that, right, in the past, or how many dribbles, um, you know, does the player have? So a lot of those search and semantics become more and more sophisticated um, as the sports analytics um, get more and more mature. And ability to collect tracking data allow the teams further de define events and not not only we can automate those event collection based on the tracking data we can also start to define more advanced metrics and events that happen through the game so the opportunity of a system like autostats is is just tremendous and that's just the starting point of ai fantastic so obviously that has applications for the coaches wanting to know more, uh, I guess, richer data that they're, they're gathering on the athletes. So not just, as you said, shots, three-pointers, some very basic stuff, um, but, you know, how long did it take them to get it up the court? How, how what was the pressure there? Uh, for example, in basketball, as you said, taking three-pointers, all that kind of stuff that you can, as a coach, kind of get a gut feel for. But if you really want to take it to the next level, you need the data to underpin that. So, and obviously for the players themselves as well, um, whatever sport they're playing yeah. um, and across the history of it, uh, saying, well, when you're playing on these kind of opponents, maybe it's football, maybe it's you shoot with your left, you should shoot with your right, this kind of pressure, whatever that is, the coverage that you're playing, all those kind of um, uh, insights that, that are available through that. So, and obviously at a low, lower league. Um, and then the other one would be sports betting. Here it goes, here it comes again. but that as well because the importance that uh sports being well i mean i'm not going to say it can you can you let the audience know what is the importance of verified data collected data from stats perform or someone else um to betting to both the leagues and then the betters 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, data and AI um, play a huge role uh, when it comes to sports betting. Um, so let me give you an example. Um, I was binge watching uh, college football um, on Saturdays. Um, you know, from only watched five total <laughs> Super Bowl, and now I'm, I'm binge watching um, you know games on, on weekends uh, and, and scream um, and just got very excited about the games, but at the same time, you know, I had multiple screens up and looking at the lines um, on different betting sites where, you know, it's available. Just, you know, basically look at how the lines are set, uh, the scores and, and how the teams play actually uh, change and affect how the lines are being set. It's not just over and under, uh, not just the spread, um, not just, um, you know, the, the team level, you know, first quarter, second quarter, but also, you know, what type of player props are made available for, for betting. So what I noticed was that um, I think, especially in the, in the college space, the, the props are limited. Um, and at the same time, um, I think in the end, when the games progress, um, the lines become, you know, swinging back and forth and, and uh, in, a, in a very unscientific way. So, for example, um, when uh, OSU was playing uh, Indiana uh, University, um, and I think the last time Indiana won was 20 years ago. So you, you, can, you can see uh, the momentum on the field. But they, they put on a very tough game. Um, they, they fought very hard, um, three points behind. And that was, I think, last year uh, when, when it was going on. But the, the prop, the, the, the uh, predictions coming out uh, made them swing so, so much. You can almost, you know, if you bet at the right time, you could take, um, you know, the, uh, the sports books and to, to the cleaners if you bet at the right time. But then they made the correction right away, uh, right after. I think there's some, you know, human uh, adjustment that happens behind the scenes. So that tells you with shallow data, if you're just looking at the scores and because the players are still there, you, you don't... You, scores that happens um, during a match can only tell you so much. The depth of data allows you to generate better understanding of the games and of how it's being played um, and make better predictions. So what we have decided to do when we start to look at the U.S. sport market um, and see you know, where should we play and how, how we can win in that market. Uh, we understand that we, we don't wanna be um, in, in the, the book um, making business itself. Um, we don't wanna be a bookmaker, um, but at the same time, we have the depth of data and we ha have that unique AI capability. Uh, we decided to, uh, to launch this product called VQ, which stands for a victory quotient. Um, it's a prediction as a service um, product and that we provide um, bookmakers um, various um, predictions, um, say, you know, what is the probability of Steph Curry uh, winning um, or, you know, getting 35 points or above for this game? Uh, what about 35.5? What about 36? What is the, you know, probability of uh, all of those permutations? Of players and and also and later on for correlated bets, which are extremely difficult to to price out. Um, and that level of permutation, that level of uh, understanding of the U.S. market, um, make that 
uh, product very attractive to uh, various um, bookmakers. Um, and so we are, we're able to launch that product um, some, sometime, uh, I think, summer of last year and, uh, and had made really good headwinds, uh, headways in terms of getting uh, adoption. Yeah. So that's obviously the, the odds that you're getting uh, are much more, they're much more intelligent. I guess in the way that they're they're predicting uh, what the outcome of whatever you're betting on, but then also what you can bet on is uh, much more uh, diverse, because obviously if you don't have the data that underpins something like even you know the amount of betting on exotic bets, the amount of pick and rolls in a game or something like that, like if you're not even gathering that data in the first place, then you can't bet on it. And then the layer above that is if you're having correlated bets, uh, then you need the data and then the insights to tell you, well, this is actually, uh, this is possible. So I guess it opens up um, for the punter, it opens up what they're able to wager on. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so, you know, on top of uh, the betting and AI, we also have products like uh, Watch and Bet and Running Ball um, from Perform, you know, after the merger. So not only we are able to provide those solutions uh, to to bookmakers, um, we are now uh, embedding uh, insights and visualization and advanced analytics and through and those experiences, so that betting um, not only um, can be um, you know leveraged and through the different venues and channels that you can gather, um, you know, can watch the game, but you are also the punters themselves are able to actually get more uh, detailed insights, analytics and visualization to help them, you know, place the right bet, but also, um, you know, help them actually even enjoy, uh, enjoy the game and then the betting even, uh, even more than what they, what they, what they are today. So the combination of the two groups coming together with those products are, are really powerful. And obviously, it's it's not just in sports betting that supplies. This is, is certainly the uh, the ones being talked about the most, just because of the recent because of passports. It's opening up, and and the amount of money that's going to be poured into it. But even just for general fan engagement, the ability for fans to have uh, further insights, deeper insights, if they're watching, whether that's on an OTT service, if they're at the stadium, you know, it comes up. Um, SoFi Arena in, in Los Angeles, for instance, um, one of the biggest screens um, of any sporting field uh, anywhere in the world. But the whole point is because they said they want more, more space for statistics to be able to go up there, more space for that richer data, for visualizations, for things that are engaged the fan um, beyond that. So with all that being said, so that's, that's some, some of the stuff that AI is going into uh, stats perform products where do you think ai artificial intelligence in general kind of is going where would you like to see it in sports like what's that next really really far kind of looking way off into the horizon yeah no absolutely and i think it as far as what the future uh might lay ahead for us i think it's only up to our imagination the way um i think ai and sports um combined and uh, you know provide the the type of entertainment and value to to various players and and by players i mean all the stakeholders uh in the sports world be it rights holders be it the teams the coaches the players and then the fans who are looking at the games are i think ai is going to be reflected in you know all aspects of the sports ecosystem um, the way I look at it, uh, it's going to be like the esports. Um, you know, you 
the, the viewers, the fans become you know, part of um, the ecosystem. It's, you, know, you can look at the simulation of how the players are playing. Um, and it could be gamification um, that you, you can have you know, um, a controller when you're watching the game. It could be a complete immersive experience with AR and, and VR. As if you are in the stadium, you'll have the 360-degree view of the players and the pitch because of the tracking data we're able to provide. Um, it would be an immersive experience as, as if you are part of this. And you can also um, have predictions and, and um, mo make movements of, of the plays. You can become a commentator yourself as you are watching the game. And you can put place you know, players in a different location and just start to predict the outcome uh, in a certain play. So running, simulating and running different plays and saying, well, statistically it's more likely this is going to happen um, but let's actually run that and I guess modeling getting the the punter to really model that out beyond obviously there's people that do that in fantasy football um, with some very intense excel spreadsheets but to actually have that interaction as a as someone sitting on the couch or in the stand being able to go um, what what would happen if we ran this what would happen if uh, the Super Bowl a few years back they they gave it to beast mode and they, and they ran it rather than throwing it, um, you know, modeling that out. Uh, I think that's, that's the kind of the what ifs of sport would be really interesting. Yeah, it, that's exactly it. Um, I think it's going to be uh, really up our, up to our you know, imagination, what it'd be like. And uh, you know, for, for the younger generation, they, they all um, grow up playing esports, right? League of legends, um, Dota, Dota 2, uh, CSGO. And I think, they are used to be part of um, and building the scene, building the character, um, and you know participate in that. And I think it's not going to be any different for for the you know traditional the physical sports that we're in today. Um, and I think it's going to be more interactive. Um, can ask questions, um, and the many of the on OTT and, and broadcast providers already have those features, right? So you can ask a question. Uh, it'll show um, the different game statistics on the side, um, and uh, and it can you know in the end it can also prompt you to to take a bet um, if you, if you um, are uh, interested in embedding if you turn on your you know, configuration to allow for that type of props. Um, I think it's going to be a very personalized experience based on um, the the interest level um, and also uh, preferences of of the fan of the viewer. Some of the fans might just want the game to be as pure as it as stays, and, and that's okay too, right? But there are going to be newer generation of uh, you know viewers and, and fans. Um, they want more statistics, and they want to be part of that game. And I think the future of sports uh, will tailor to the different preferences. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, the the application of AI, both in terms of gathering that data, processing it, turning it back out with insights, but then also learning learning the other way, learning what the fan wants, learning, customizing things for the fan as it, as it gets to know the individual uh, and being able to tailor, tailor what's at both ends of that process. So some really interesting stuff. So do Stats Perform have any involvement in esports at the moment? Are there any plans to move into that? Yeah, we are definitely looking at uh, esports. We already um, have um, partnered with uh, esports data providers. Um, so we'll make that um, data um, and analytics available for our large media customers um, to start with. Um, it certainly is a uh, growing field and we're keeping a very close eye on 
Fantastic. So final question for you, Helen, what is your favorite sporting moment of all time? Yeah, no, that's a, a great question. So, you know, thinking back, um, I remember uh, coming to the States. Um, that was, uh, I think, 1996. So kind of dating myself, um, you know, coming to the States. And I remember, was it in 1998, the game and the Bulls uh, won um, the NBA championship. And I remember watching that. Uh, it was a nail biter um and in the end the shot that michael jordan took just won the game um and i remembered that moment very very vividly just that perfect shot that he took um just that wrist the the angle on how he jumped and everything was was picture perfect and it was still imprinted in my in my memory and uh what was interesting was you know when we look at auto stats right so auto stats started as a product that collect um the xy location of the player in the ball through broadcast video but auto stats also is a time machine it allows us to ah, yes. past games where yes. you do not have yeah. that data existing not only the xy and how the player moves but also the body pose information so we're able to digitize that very moment of Michael Jordan's last shot for that game. Uh, when I saw that use case that was presented at the Sloan um, Sports Analytics Conference last year, that moment came back to life. Um, how I enjoyed uh, that, you know, that point, uh, the final shot that Michael Jordan took that you know won balls uh, the championship. So. I think couple that together and now we can really see that moment in, in action and also digitize them why we can see just how perfect his body pose was uh, through autostats and it was just a fantastic moment for me. Fantastic. So can stats perform then uh, finally settle once and for all um, MJ or, or LeBron? Who's the who's the goat? Who's the could you is is there someone working there in um, I don't know, one of the the deep dark uh, data data basements there, just furiously coding away. Is there someone that that can spit us out that uh, MJ or LeBron? You know, absolutely. And I think finally there will be a settlement between um, you know who is a better player, um, a Michael Jordan or, or LeBron James. And but I think in the end, I think there are so many great players, and data and AI is going to help us appreciate players and and you know have the best recruiting engine in place, but also help um, the players to achieve better and greater games and also live achievements. Fantastic! All right, well, thank you so much for your time, Helen. That was a really interesting chat. I'll include some links in the show notes. Obviously, footage of MJ with that last-minute winner, um, and then a few other. Um, links about some of the work that you've done. We didn't really get onto your, your broader career and your, your life before um, sports analytics, but definitely had a, a very accomplished career and, and uh, something as well that I think is worth mentioning and, and something that we at Sports Tech Feed and Sports Tech World Series are very supportive of is your role in supporting women in STEM. Uh, so I can include some links to some of the initiatives that you've done in that as well. So always have to uh, help support that where possible. That'd be great. I mean, just a little bit of an anecdote for you about diversity and inclusion, which is super uh, important to me. Um, and, uh, you know, when I started at uh, Stats Perform, a uh, major development center uh, was in Chicago. 
Um, and, uh, you know, amongst, I think, 30, 35 to, to 40 engineers, we only had one female engineer back in the days when I started. Now we, we have in Chicago eight female engineers, and that was that's over 24%. Um, because we really put a lot of emphasis last year, we started um, a diversity and inclusion council. Um, and ran a number of events, and we started an apprentice program, uh, attracted a um, number of uh, female engineers from uh, IC STARS, which uh, stands for Inner City STARS, uh, which I am a board mem- member for. It's a program to uh, help inner city young adults who are socioeconomically and financially challenged to take on a tech career. Uh, we were able to attract um, two female um, graduates to join that program. And uh, now um, they're officially uh, software engineers and staff performing after, you know, completing the apprentice um, program three months. So very happy and certainly um, still a long way to go. But, uh, you know, just want to get that information in uh, as well for you. Definitely. All right. Thanks so much. We'll we'll include a a link to that program as well if there's any other uh, people out there that are interested in applying, interested in pursuing a career in in artificial intelligence, in, in sports data, and all the interesting stuff that Stats Perform's doing. Perfect. Thank you, Thomas. There you have it. That was Dr. Helen Sun from Stats Perform. Some very interesting applications of artificial intelligence. Obviously, as Helen mentioned, the crossover into esports and the ability to then basically take control of the game and, and also completely personalize that experience for the fan is a... Uh, is some exciting stuff. So as I mentioned, I'm Team LeBron. So if you want to let me know about that, I'm sure I'm going to get some um, some hate mail. But love to hear from you. So please contact us at sportstechfeed.com. Always love to hear your feedback and suggestions. And on next week's show, we have Sam James from Vald Performance. So Vald are a, a leader globally in uh, human performance uh, in ensuring elite performance uh, for professional teams, including majority of NFL uh, and Major League Baseball teams. And Sam talks about the growth of that industry and then also the transition into other adjacent industries um, outside of elite performance in sports. So talking about general healthcare and and basically how technology solutions have have grown in the, the convergence of those industries, which support each other and grow around each other. So interesting chat on that point. Again, sportstechfeed.com. If you have any uh, feedback, you want to see some show notes, episode, it's all there uh, for you. So looking forward to seeing you next week.